Aloha and welcome to Wisdom Dialogues with Hope Johnson coming to you from Hawaiian Paradise Park on the beautiful big island of Hawaii. Hooray! Yay! Groupies, Glenn? Okay. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> oh. So nothing that seems to be here, none of the circumstances or people or anything really have any value to us. They don't really have any value to us. Not like that. Not in a, you know, in a sense of, you know, getting us something in the world. But what everything, everything has the same value to us is for waking up from the thought of separation, you know, uh, releasing us out of the thought of separation. So in that way, it's like everything is here to save you, <laughs> but nothing has any value of itself. And that includes your body. That includes your own body. Now look at all of the thoughts that occur to you throughout the day that have to do with protecting your body, making it healthy. Um, you know, the, the, the purpose is not even to make your body healthy. It isn't. Not that it wouldn't, you know, of course, naturally, it's healthy. It's like it's it's not even a kind of healthy where it has an opposite. That's like natural, right? So the uh, even the even the manifestation of some kind of lack of health, that's a misperception. It's not the truth. It's actually not the truth. And when we can see that clearly, we can actually heal on sight. Because we know that it has no justification. It's only being, these, these illusions are only being propped up in the mind. And any kind of sickness or disease or um, even, you know, uh, the, the twisting, that hardening and twisting, it's all a reflection of the mind. That's why all therapy that you can possibly do, even block therapy, is actually psychotherapy. Okay, it's actually psychotherapy. And depending on how your thoughts are as you're doing it, that determines the effects. That's really what de determines the effects of anything, right? Even the thought, let's like let's say you're walking down the street, right? The thought of this is good for my body, that's an uh, that's an egoic thought. It really leads to death. Okay. Uh, when you recognize that you don't pursue it. So you don't follow it and, and uh, project it. That's what causes it to project further. Okay. So a lot of people seem to have a problem with getting motivated, let's say for exercise, right? Uh, if people get the sense that they fail when they fail to perceive themselves or view themselves doing the exercise that they think they should do. And really the only way we ever fail ourselves is when we believe a thought that implies that we are capable of doing anything and implies that these things in the world that we could do have any value. When it's thought of in that way, it puts all this 
pressure on the mind. So it's like, it, it, it's like the perception becomes even more chaotic. <laughs> Just the thought that even you have a lot to do, okay? There's nothing here. This is kind of like a, 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 like a trip, you know, like a DMT trip or an acid trip or mushrooms trip or something like that. But it's not one bit a reality in the sense that you need to be concerned about anything that's in it. Okay. Uh, so, so how does that how does that work out? Like, let's say if you uh, perceive a symptom, let's say you perceive a, I don't know, fainting or cancer, whatever. Uh, you perceive a sim- symptom. Watch the reaction because the symptom it isn't even really there kind of like blipping in and out presenting itself and you know it's like you're believing in it making it be there so when you look at it in that way you're going through it is healing you're going through the perception of it is healing whatever that involves whether it's a whether it's a sense of uh, physical pain it's never that it's always fear There's no physical pain either because there's no physical. There's getting a perception of physical pain. Now, I know that seems very real because your your senses, your your projected body senses are picking up on on these uh, frequencies that are being interpreted as pain. And it seems very, very real. But when you see that pain, look, if you're just willing to see that the pain is coming from your mind, you can go through the perception perception of pain in a way that's healing. Every single thing that occurs to us is for healing. Okay. Uh, Even if you find yourself running over to the emergency room for their, their healing, look, your mind is using those bodies that are projected into your perception as devices to bring about whatever it is the mind it wants to bring about. It's, it's, it's allowing you to see what you thought was there. Okay. So it's like, are you willing to release the world from what you thought it was up to this point from what you thought it was? See, that's moving toward that purified sight, just your willingness to see, see things differently than the way you made them. That is opening you up for a different interpretation. It's purifying kind of like residue that's sitting there in the mind. It's like stagnant. Let's say it's like this. It's like stagnant and cold, right? It needs to be warmed up with the light of awareness. (laughs) And then it can flow. It It can flow and it can be purified from your mind. Okay. Yay. Aloha, Amanda. Oh, Constance, thank you for writing. I love you. Don't have to write much to stoke me out. Yay is good. (laughs) And if you have any questions, that's fabulous too. I love them. So when you don't have to take responsibility, that's another word, okay, for your own body, 
and just let it be served up by grace, right? Just let it be served up. That all that has to do with <laughs> is being released from thoughts in the moment that tell you something false, something deceitful. The, the thoughts, almost all of them that come to you are deceitful. Okay. It's like to, to perceive the thoughts that resonate or are in alignment with the truth takes willingness to see past the thoughts that you made up with the ego. They're not even real thoughts. They're dream thoughts. Okay. You can think of this as you can think of it like this. It's like the, the thoughts that resonate with the Holy spirit are your real thoughts. Okay. Or, and love and God and all of that are your real thoughts. The thoughts you made with the ego are kind of like superimposed on top of those thoughts. The thoughts you made with the ego, they're not even real, but those are the ones that are going on all day. They're about the world. Okay. Um, you know, like love, God, truth, your spirit doesn't speak in terms of specifics about the world. It's more like you are not, uh, you are not subject to that. You are not beneath that. You know, that thing doesn't have power over you, whatever it is. It just doesn't have any power over you. And it only has one purpose. So there's, it's never about what you should and should not do in the world because none of that stuff makes any difference. So when you think in those terms, you attack your own mind in your dream. Your mind can't really be attacked, but in your dream, you attack your own mind and cause it to project illusions. Okay, harmful uh harmful things, death. There's no death in reality. So all death that you get a perception of is part of that, whether it's old age or whatever, all death you get a perception of. Uh, some of you are, you know, uh, talking about how the vaccines are killing people. Even that is in your perception. Okay. That if, if it's in your perce perception, it's coming from you. It's a secret. It's a secret wish. You're not perceiving anything that you don't wish to perceive. Now, all of that can be used, though, if you're not tripping balls on taking responsibility for things that you couldn't possibly have any responsibility for. Okay. It's not like that. Okay. It's, it's kind of like you're taking a deeper responsibility, though, because you're taking a responsibility for making it all, making it all up. Right. You're not taking responsibility, like, let's say, for individual things like responsibility to keep my body healthy or to support myself financially or to um, uh, or, or to even to take care of my garden, uh, to keep my house clean. Right. To keep pests away. Uh, it's all uh, that's that's all taken care of already. Like that's all taken care of. That's not your re responsibility. You might pretend to take responsibility for something in the dream, your dream. You might be pretending to take responsibility for something. That's like neither here nor there. It doesn't matter. As long as you know that you're pretending. Because it's a dream. Because you may, you may be taking responsibility for something and saying, I'm going to be doing this thing. And then you find yourself, holy shit, I'm not doing that thing. 
And then all of a sudden people are pissed at you. And, you know, that's because you thought the responsibility was true. You took it as true. When you take anything as true, you know what happens? It comes back and bites you in the ass. That's how it goes. Because that's thinking against yourself. It's like as if it's arrogant. You're completely being taken care of in this illusion. If you seem to get sick, hooray! Right? If you seem to lose your money, hooray! Yay! Because of what it's all for and what it's all being given you to do, which you can do and you're going to do. Right? All it is is, is a choice. It's, a, it's really a simple choice between things that hurt you and things that heal you. It's all thought. It's not in the physical. See, we projected it to the physical so we can pretend like it's not coming from our own thoughts. There's some kind of problem in the physical. Right? It's fun. It's really fun. So look, like a like a month ago, it occurred to me that there was nerve damage in the pelvis area, the back of the pelvis. It seemed like it was causing my ass to fall down. I know, it's freaking great. The stories are awesome, right? Seems logical, right? Nerve damage, then it doesn't hold itself up anymore, and it fucking falls, right? So I look at that, and I'm like, what a comedy. <laughs> And, you know, I got a sense for a short amount of time. It was really a short amount of time, maybe like 10 minutes where I kind of felt like I was freaking out because I put my pants on and they did not look the same. It was almost like I can't go out with this ass. And, and you know, I just sat with that for a go because it was just so funny to me. You know, it was, it was just so funny. It was like I could see the attachment to the ass. And then the next thing you know, I'm like, Walking out with my ass like that, just like strutting around, you know, it's like, because it, I just feel so good. It just doesn't really matter. And it was, it was the funniest thing because that whole day I was wearing those pants and, uh, and I was hanging out with my daughter it was over in Minnesota. And at the end of the day, or at some point, I don't know if it was the next day or what. And she said, mom, you should just throw those pants in the trash and never wear it, wear them again. And I'm like, I, I, I go, okay, you know what? It's not the pants. And she's like, oh, what? And I go, yeah, it's not the pants. Those pants like two weeks ago looked fucking awesome on me. <laughs> it's not the pants. It's the ass. <laughs> she's like, no, it's like, oh, my God. It's so, oh, it's so, hold on a second. I got so excited. The flower went flying. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about things. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So, uh, you know, she seemed like she was horrified. So that, that, that was 
how my ass was now. She was like completely horrified, right? And so I'm seeing this reflection of her being horrified. I'm like, no, it's okay though. Cause it really doesn't matter. And and then she's like, oh yeah, okay. And I, I go, and it's not stuck. It's not like it's stuck in any way, right? It's not like it's like stuck in any particular, It we're like viewing things like passing on the screen, right? <laughs> uh, so next thing you know, I get back home and I, I almost left the pants there. I was going to throw them out for a second. You know, I had, I set them on the, uh, on the table thinking that I might leave them there for a, a person. And then, um, last minute when I'm packing, I just grab them and I take them home. I know oh, I'm going to take them home, come back home two weeks later or whatever it was. I try them on. And actually I didn't try them on while I was there. But I think the shift actually happened like the next day. It's just like, it's like, it's all a shift in perception. It's all really, it all, it, it's all just a, a, a shift in perception and no attachment too. That's the thing. You can't fake that either. You can't fake that. You can't say, oh, I'm not attached to it. And it's a, it's an energy, right? It's an energy. And, and through practicing by practicing, all I mean is taking a thought that's meaningless, that you feel like you're attached to, to the truth, a thought that, that basically negates that. It negates that thought because it's the truth. Uh, it, it almost doesn't even just negate it. It dissolves it because it makes it completely meaningless in your mind, right? It's like a, like a thought like, okay, like, uh, like when it occurred to me that, uh, that my ass fell down, I was like, okay, well, what do I need it for? What do I need it up for? Right. What do I need it to be up for? What, what's that for? Okay. Uh, so it'll look good in pants. Okay. What do I need it to look good in pants for? Right. What do I need it? Why? What will it do for me? Can it, is it going to attract another body to me? Uh, what purpose does that have? Right. That's just like meaningless to me. So I kind of like watch my mind try to hold on to this thought in the face of the truth. And it just can't do it. It can't hold on to it in the face of the truth. So it's like joy returns and there's not like fear of it being any kind of way because it doesn't make a difference. It really doesn't help anything. Um, the idea that we have that we need it to be a certain way is a misperception. Okay. Um, also, it's symbolic. It's interesting, the body. I love the topic. I really do. It's wonderful. Uh, so it's also symbolic. So when there's any kind of disease or deformity arising in the body sense, it's symbolic of the same in the mind. Remember, the body is being held out according to what you wish it to be. Okay. So, so if there's a, if there's some kind of a, deformity, let's say, well, one of them that'll clue you into deformity is any kind of pain in the body sense, right? That's a, an effect of a deformity, which is an effect of thought patterns that defile you. The thought patterns that defile you in the body sense choke off blood and oxygen flow. That's the effect of them. They choke off blood and oxygen flow. And, you know, any kind of exercise, any kind of physical therapy, what's its, you know, what's its underlying physical purpose is to promote blood and oxygen 
flow to the area. You can't even have that without willingness to see something, right? So even the exercise that appears to take place. Now, there is a, there are ways of exercises where you're completely cutting that off. I mean, there's exercising without breathing, right? And that's purely coming from a sense like I'm using this physical thing to affect this physical thing and it's just cutting off the whole spirituality of it everything is a spiritual event everything is a spiritual gift it's not a real thing in and of itself but it's a gift to us and depending on how we use it that's whether we honor it which is the same as ourselves because it's it's God. <laughs> Basically, everything we see has God in it, you can say. But what we put, what we uh, superimpose on top of it is our thoughts about the world. The world is reflecting our thoughts about it. Okay. So underneath that, underneath this uh, kind of like a, a murky, collage of thoughts that you can hardly see through you know it's so dense that we it seems like we can't see through it at all but we all get glimpses all the time it's just overlaying the real world okay just like the thoughts because it's a projection just like the thoughts that cover up our true thoughts are overlaying that feeling of joy the feeling of joy and the real world are connected like that. See? So, so we're going through each experience just to learn how to see through what we made out the world, what we made the world out to be. You can't get anything, any of the things that you want by your own strength let's say that's not that's not the um, purpose of the strength you have all the strength uh, you, you have all the strength you could possibly imagine but that strength isn't for attaining in the world it's not for doing anything in the world okay it's not for getting anything it's that's what all the spirituality uh you know foo-foo kind spirituality i'm calling it today i don't know it's for first time i said that um is talking about getting the life you want in the world that's not the purpose of it though and you're not going to get what you want by trying to get what you want you're not gonna do it you know it's like because you know I, how i talk about you don't know what you want you don't understand what you want if you think you want, like, let's say a firm, tight ass, right? You're wrong. The feeling that you get when you think of having a firm, tight ass is actually coming from you. The feeling that you get is actually coming, coming from you. The value that you attach on the object, firm, tight ass, it's hurting your mind. There's no value to it. And, 
And whatever you seem to have, fucking have fun with it. It's not like if you seem to have a firm, tight ass, you should cover it up. Right? Fucking have fun with it. It, it. Cover it up if you want. But if you don't want, you want to have it freaking swinging around, go ahead. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Look, we dress them up. Look, I got a necklace on this thing, some earrings. Doesn't matter. It's not like you should or shouldn't do it. You don't have a choice in it. But notice it. What is this? What is this thing you're adorning? <laughs> not a problem with adorning. I love to like rub, rub oils all over it. It's fine. It's not like uh, it's to be despised or harmed in any way. Right? I mean, look at who feels it when you harm it. Or who thinks they feel? You don't really feel anything. You don't even feel that pain you inflict on yourself. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's look at look at what it is. Look at what it's symbolic of. You know, when I was a little kid, I used to punch myself in the face. You know, uh, I would get a sense that my parents um, hated me. And so I would punish my own self by punching myself in the face. And it's like, after a little while, uh, and, and also scratching myself, I used to make marks on my face. I'm surprised I don't have any marks on my face, but it didn't really happen. So I'm not too surprised. <laughs> Memories are great like that. They're only for learning. They never really happen. So when memory occurs to me, it's like, what is this for? The stories can be useful for healing. You guys can see that, how they could be useful for healing. But if we're using them to victimize ourselves, now that's a different story. <laughs> that's a different kind of story, right? So I kind of like self-mutilate as a little kid, you know, like eight years old, eight, nine, 10, stuff like that. Um, I'd, I'd kind of like do this self-mutilating stuff. And I'd... And then I, I was like realizing why I was doing it in the first place was to get attention. Like if I did that to myself, then people would pay attention to me. They would listen to me. I was hurting. Um, I felt like I needed some uh, someone to uh, look at me and take care of me. So I'm um, like self mutilating. It never helped. It was never helpful. So eventually I stopped using that, you know, device, you know, it, I didn't, didn't perceive it being helpful at all, uh, except, you know, oh, hope, what happened to your face? And then making fun of me or something. I don't know. It's perfect for me though. I love that. Cause I just get the, I just get the perception of it right now. It didn't even happen. A memory is like that. It didn't even happen. So it's like, it's almost like it's made up as I'm remembering it. And, and, and notice, like, if you tell stories from memories, they change from time to time. And it's like, which one is the one? Well, none of them, because it didn't actually happen. It's actually for showing you something. So I saw that it was useless to self-mutilate. Self so I stopped doing that. Um, it took me some years. I was probably like in my teens or something like that. I remember having a boyfriend in my teens and it's like, whoa, something is seriously wrong with you. 
Like we just get in an argument and you're just like completely flying off the freaking handle. Like it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, interesting. So then all this stuff came, came out and I start telling him all about my childhood and all my abuse and everything and things that I was going through. I was still being molested by my stepdad at the point, at the point where he was asking me this stuff. So I was like telling him that and he's like, what, <laughs> what kind of chick am I dating here? <laughs> so, um, so, you know, I learned real fast that, that stuff was like really shocking to people. Um, but just seeing that these devices that we use, how we even use the story of being, uh, having been molested or abused or abandoned or anything like that as a way to get attention, to validate ourselves. And, you know, you get a perception that that's the case. You know, like I've been writing on uh, on Facebook for for many years since 2009. How many fucking years is that now? Dang. Um, so so, you know. I went through many years where I would perceive that other people are getting the perception of me as if I've never gone through any hardship. Right. And I would just watch myself. And for the most part, I wouldn't go along with talking about my story in response to that. Because it's like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, well, I did have a hard life. Listen to this. <laughs> right. Like I have to validate myself like I don't even as if if I didn't go through um, something challenging, then I don't have the right to uh, to talk about anything, which that's bullshit. The spirit can speak through anything it's allowed to speak through. Okay. Um, even before any kind of hardship or anything like that. But, you know, having to use the hardship to like justify yourself, that's like making it real, right? It's like you're convincing someone, something, some, someone that this actually happened to me. So then. People have been follow who had been following me for years eventually see some story where I'm talking about things that I have coming up in my memory and processing through and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden they express that they have so much more respect for me because of the things that I have gone through, which okay, understandable. It's like relatable. Like, okay, I, I can relate to that because automatically there's these preconceptions. I've had so many people uh, tell me, wow, I had these preconceptions about you. And then I read your book and I go, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> but the reason why people don't know, just don't, just don't automatically know these things about me. And, you know, they can go years without knowing these things about me. Because I'm not using them as a device to try to get something. See? So for many people, they're using these abuses as devices to try to get something. And I saw that real at a really young age about how I would use something um, like scratching my face, messing myself up, making myself look crazy to try to get something out of the parents that I thought were not loving me. Right? Just like a little kid does that we pick up on these patterns, you know, um, you could have gotten the perception that it worked for you. 
Maybe your parents were nicer to you. Maybe they took responsibility and said, oh, that's our fault. We have to um, take care of our kid better. And then you, so then you learned a device, right? Uh, like I said, it's not getting the perfect childhood that you're after or anything like that. It's actually learning the lessons that you're projecting this world to learn, okay? The only spiritual live broadcast on the web that uses firm, tight asses to wake the fuck up. What a shit show. <laughs> Good job, Glenn. That's right. Why not? <laughs> Why do you think I have recently noticed a pattern that I put so much pressure on myself to engage with the world, uh, jobs, responsibilities, etc.? When I know it's not real, how do I continue practicing taking the pressure off? Well, it's all mental, so it's moment to moment, okay? So it's just, it crosses your mind. Look at, look at this, just the word, I have to do something. Look at when your mind says you have to do something. Bring that to the truth that you are not capable of doing anything. Notice a calmness come over you. When you just take that to the truth, oh, I'm not capable of doing anything. And then another thought comes and it says, but why do I feel like, why do I feel like it then? There's another thought. Take it to the truth. All feelings are projections, right? And it is, just keep on taking it to the truth. I'm projecting this feeling to make myself believe that this is real right now. Why does it seem so hard? There's another projected thought and feeling. These are all just like overlaid over your real thoughts, making noise. Uh, one time I heard Muji put it this way. I thought it was awesome. It stuck with me. I heard it years and years ago. And it still, uh, it still occurs to me from time to time. Think of it like this. You're driving in a car, right? And you, you, you're, you need to look at the road when you're driving in the car, apparently, right? You need to look at the road to drive straight, seems. Well, say it's raining and your windshield wipers are on, right? Your windshield wipers, they're symbolic of the thoughts. These are the thoughts. How are you going to drive if you're watching the windshield wipers go back and forth? <laughs> right? How are you going to do that? So that's all it is, Amanda. Uh, you, you know, look at those things that come up. It's your choosing to pursue such a thought, a windshield wiper thought, right? That's putting the pressure on you. You have no job. You have no responsibility. You know what? It doesn't fucking matter if you don't make it to your job. You don't have a choice in it. You really don't have a choice in it. It doesn't matter because of the, what the purpose of this is. You cannot fail. You cannot get it wrong, right? It's funny today, just, this just occurred to me as like a parallel, a story. Uh, it's perfect. Just today, I, I was uh, at my computer doing some work at like 1 p.m., okay? I'm doing wisdom dialogue at 3 p.m., okay? That occurs to me at 1 p.m. that I'm doing wisdom dialogue at 3 p.m. Oh, I feel like taking a nap and I'd like to get the mail over to the mail place. Hmm. What feels the best right now? It's like, what's lightest? What's most joyful, right? What's most joyful? Really? It's the same as asking, Holy Spirit, what should I do right now? 
right? Because Holy Spirit is completely in alignment with joyful feeling. What's the most joyful feeling? What feels easiest? What feels lightest right now? Take a nap. Actually, meditate. Maybe fall asleep. Yeah, that sounds good. So <laughs> next thing you know, I find myself laying down. It's like maybe like one o'clock, right? And I set my timer. So I'm going to have a timer for 15 minute, 15 minute meditation, let's say. And then if snoozing happens, snoozing happens. I wake up, I hear some voices. And I look at my clock and it's 220 something. And it's like, oh, mail. It's like kind of like a little drive over there mail okay or uh tea or something like that mail mail sounds it yeah that's that sounds good so it's like it's like just like allowing what is joyful allowing whatever is joyful the most joyful one so i go out and i go oh oh i need to take the mail there's guys working on a dryer right there there's all kinds of shit in the way of my car i can't even leave i don't even notice this i have no fucking clue about it until afterwards uh, they see me and they go, oh, shit, you didn't take the mail. No, nope, didn't take the mail. Oh, well, uh, what time is it? 2.30. Oh, we're going to take care of it. They just moved all the shit out of the way, took the mail. See, I didn't have to burden myself with anything. It was just playing out like that. I really didn't have to burden myself with anything. So in the moment, all I'm doing is allowing myself to be relieved of the burden. I'm relieved of the burden right? If going to the job is the most, uh, is the most joyful, feels the lightest in the moment, that's what's going to occur. I may have a schedule to go to a job. I may have a schedule to go there. Still, I have to listen to the Holy Spirit, notwithstanding any kind of commitment or responsibility that I seemingly put upon myself. Okay. It was going to be, uh, at one point it was like, okay, uh, mail when I walked downstairs or tea, tea meant the mail wasn't going to make it today. And, you know, there was some mail in there from Friday because Friday was a holiday. So that occurred to me. Right. Um, and then, and then, you know, taking all of the data into consideration that automatically comes into the mind and the mind automatically does that right. Automatically for us. It's like, we can just see and feel what feels the lightest. I didn't even realize I wasn't even actually going to the mail when I picked the mail thing up and it was the mail. I walked a few steps and someone else took it to the mail. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> Nothing means anything. So like, let's say um, I noticed a friend talking about how he saw a cockroach and that means that now he has to do a full cleaning, physical cleaning and energetic cleaning. And on the meme he posted of himself, he was crying. It was a, it was a, it was a meme. So it wasn't like an, his actual face. It's like, a, it's like a, uh, it had his memoji on it, which is like a drawing of his face. And it had big old tears running down because now he has all this work to do because he saw a cockroach. It means something. He made it mean something to him. So it's like some kind of a symbol to him that he's at fault 
and even use the word fault for seeing a cockroach in his house. I guess he doesn't live in Hawaii. That's what I'm thinking. Because we just kind of like, there are there are bros. They're just our bros. <laughs> I know we have a like <laughs> and made a splashing thing. You know what's funny? I don't even kill them. Like I see them and I just like, I don't know. They're just not a thing to me. Like I'll see, I, I don't know. It's not like you come over to my house and you're automatically going to see a shitload of cockroaches, right? I, I mean, they hide. <laughs> you know, I talked, I talked to them. <laughs> I talked to them. I go, you guys are cool. Just hide whenever I come around. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to see you. Like when I see a bunch of bugs, like all. Oh, then I'm like, ah, but <laughs> if I see one occasionally, you guys are good. But the thing is, it's like, don't make it mean something. Even if you're killing bugs or you're exter- calling the exterminator or whatever fucking is going on. Like, don't make it mean anything. I know from time to time, my husband will buy some little, um, little, these little disc things and put them in like the cabinets. And I guess cockroaches eat those and they go away. I don't know. Um, but it's like something that only occurs on a cycle. If you watch these things are occurring on a cycle because they get your goat. (laughs) (laughs) They get a certain reaction out of you. Anything that it seems like you don't want popping up in your perception it's getting a certain reaction out of you. You know why? Because you want it there and you're pretending you don't want it there. So there's a struggle, right? So it's like, it's an uncomfortable feeling, right? Because you do want it there, but you don't believe that you want it there. You believe you don't want it there, but it cannot be there unless you do want it there. So why do you want it there? To convince yourself that the world is real because it triggers a particular feeling. So all you got to do I mean, it's not to get rid of cockroaches. It's not, that's not the, that's not the goal to get rid of the cockroaches. Although you may physically find yourself working toward that goal. That's just meaningless goal. You don't have to identify with it, right? The goal of perceiving a cockroach, if that gets you to have a particular reaction, is healing. Okay. It's healing. You take that reaction, you feel into it, you admit that the cockroach isn't a real thing, that it's a habit of yours to project things that get you to react. Okay, that, uh, that uh, what you might call, you might call it a negative reaction. Because it means something's wrong, for instance. It means you're at fault, for instance, and you have to fix something now. Now you have stuff to do and you're crying. We make it all up. And you know, it goes, it goes to complete insanity. When we start believing our own stories, our own stories of being abused, you know, everyone I know 
who is identified with their story of having been abused, everyone who's identified with their story of having been abused continues to suffer more and perceive more abuse coming at them from all different directions. And they continue to get perceptions that are so unworthy of us. And continue, just it's like a cycle, just continue to blame, continue to judge, continue to feel pain, continue, continuous cycle. And you know what? It never ends until you're willing to see that what you made up, you wouldn't keep. You don't want that. Thank you, Hope. Why do we do this to ourselves? Why did we forget or want to forget the truth? Well, we do it to ourselves because we want to convince ourselves that this world is our reality and that our reality is a fantasy because we think we made a huge mistake that was a sin against God, in unforgivable. I mean, we did make a mistake, but it's not a real mistake. We made a mistake and convinced ourselves that our reality isn't real. We went down the wrong path. Why did we want to forget? I like that question a lot because um, it's been coming to me about wanting to try this out wanting to try it out i mean basically what we're all doing is playing god because we're all each of us is the center of whatever we're perceiving and we are basically playing god you could say we are the god of our world with the ego as our guide okay and we wanted to see. We wanted to see what it would be like. To be like God. It was an arrogant little thought. It was an insane little thought. God isn't pissed about it. God doesn't know pissed. We made that up. course you're always welcome in reality to say your mind is so powerful to convince you that you're unworthy of your reality and it's like you took one little step kind of like let me just dip my toe into this and then a veil went up and it's discombobulating and you just start following, you just start pursuing the thoughts to build your world. So you built this world up to play with it, but got identified with it instead. That's all. We still want to forget the truth. 
every time we give value to a thought that denies reality. And the strength that we have is the strength to see through that. That's the God-given strength that we all have, like in equal measure. That strength to see through what we made. And it takes God-given strength to see through what we made because of the power of our mind to make illusions and to make them seem like reality to us. So when we're asking for strength, you know, truly when we're asking for strength, what we're really asking for is strength to see through this illusion, right? That's what all that every, uh, every interaction is for. Okay. We've been taught to look at things as like a benefit or a threat to us in, in, in terms of worldly things. And that's the only way it could be like a threat to us. Like, you know, if we look at it as uh, in the dream sense, in the sense that like we're separate, right? Only way it could be seen as a threat. Like, is anyone a benefit or a threat? This is like interference. So we can't see what these interactions are actually for. We want nothing more than to return to our reality. We want nothing more than that. But when we put value in things that we think we want in the world, we keep our reality hidden from our sight. We keep projecting over it. So you could say that, Amanda, we still fucking want it. I see myself wanting it all day long. I mean, and really, uh, that's, that's, all I, that's all I'm really, uh, you know, gently asking of myself. But I see because that is the healing is the seeing that you see what you're doing to yourself. You see what you're valuing, right? Notice the thought, this is good for my body, right? Just notice the thought. There's no, if, when you make a thing in the world as if it's good for your body, you actually cut off some of the life to your body because it's okay. You want that thing to be the thing that, and, and not your mind. Okay. Now you're vulnerable to things. You're like cutting off some awareness. When you pursue that thought, the thought of right is okay. Let it be meaningless. Why is it meaningless? Because I don't have a body. This is a projection. It's taken care of completely by the mind that's projecting it. It's only going to get diseased. It's only going to get apparently old and die due to thought projections. I may get the perception of this thing getting all fucking wrinkly and shrivelly and falling into the ground and fucking dying. Well, not all the way dying. The perception ends at some point there. Um, but <laughs> I may get that perception and I'm still going to be saying the same fucking thing. I don't care. The perception is meaningless to me. I don't even mind how it goes. This thing can do anything. And I don't even mind how it goes. It's the same to me. I don't love it and I don't hate it. I don't anything to it. Right? It's not a reality. Do I seem to treat it nice? Yes. Because who gets the feeling of whatever way this thing... <laughs> 
Do I like nice feeling? Yes. Do I also like to bring up the pain? Yes. In a loving way, though. I don't go around burning myself with a cigarette or something, right? Or gouging my eyeballs out. But I love to just gently pressurize an area and bring up the pain. I love it. And there's some exercises like that too. I mean, for me, I use I use a block. You guys can see it, blockasana.com. You guys, you guys can see me using it. Um, or you can see where I learned it, blocktherapy.com. Um, but, you know, there's in yoga, and I think that's why it, you know, it's some people are just like, no fucking, I'm not even touching yoga. It's so painful right? It's so painful. And they think that it's because they're not flexible. And that's why it's painful. No, it's actually meant to be like that. It's just that we're taught to like try to barrel through the pain and get into a certain pose. When the way it's meant to be is you've got breath and a loving environment, like a mental environment is what I'm talking about. I don't care about the space around you. That does not matter mental environments like a nice loving space and you're aware and when you stretch to a point where there's some pain it's like you bask in that small amount of pain not trying to push push through it and get to the pose but just basking in it with the breath feathering it you know it's almost like you can feel this pain almost like you're feathering the pain in the pain with the breath this is how you're making yourself aware of what you're projecting it's not really for getting a tight for a mass, for instance. <laughs> it's not really for getting yoga muscles, for instance, or getting into a pose or getting a good picture, right? It's for getting that sensation where you're on the pain, you're bringing up the pain, you're not you're causing yourself pain, you can't cause yourself pain. You can only bring it up. You're bringing up pain in an amount that's interesting, sensation that's interesting, but not to the point where it's like, oh, God, this sucks. Get me out of this. No, it's interesting. Maybe it's a little bit intense. Maybe you like a little bit more intensity. Maybe you like a little bit less, whatever. But the point is that you're working on your mind. Remember, this is psychotherapy. Yoga is meant to be psychotherapy, <laughs> not physical therapy, okay? So it's really easy when you look at it like that. It's psychotherapy. Any kind of weakness, it's a, it, it's a mental weakness. It's not a physical weakness. It's a mental weakness. And you know what? For it to become infused with strength, what does it need? Awareness. Because it's kind of like these things are hiding in the dark. Oh, I got a hand. This is so fun. Nael. Oh, wait, that's Akea. Akea, did you want to talk too, baby? I just allowed you to talk. Maybe I had two hands up there. Okay, Akea, I put you on. But maybe you were not the one with the hand. Okay, I'm going to have Nael on then. Hi, hi, Hope. Aloha, my love. Wait, what did I just do? Are you still on, Niall? <laughs> oh, I got to allow him to talk one more time. 
it's messing me up because it keeps on I'm, going. Okay, I'm here. Oh, yay. There we are. Hi. Yes. I was driving, so I figured I'd, I'd call you instead. Um, I was going to ask you about the principle uh, on, on the yoga. Is it also for the, the spiritual principle? Like if we're going through something, the same principle, like just st stay in the pain. But when we're in that pain, do we do we refrain from the from the the I guess the Tourette syndrome of of wanting to yell or say what we're feeling in the current emotion? Um, I'm just curious as to do we just sit in it and 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 just allow the emotions to rise and just just contemplate them? I'm uh, I'm inviting myself to to dialogue with with my brother that's apparently in hospice and apparently like an alcoholic and a, a lot of this nonsense and chaos and I'm just being available to him but I catch myself in so many triggers and I'm just like sitting in the in the in the pain for me because it's it seems feels a pain uh -huh. um so I'm curious as to am I supposed to like interrupt him or stop him or just, just see what feel what's going like my, my emotions uh, tend to want to tend to want to um, tend to want to tell him to fuck off immediately. Right. But that's just not wanting to be in the pain of whatever's needing to be birthed. So right. I'm just curious and, and you what don't to have do a with choice that. either. Yeah. You, and you don't have a choice either as, whether whatever you say right? right you have you don't really have a choice in that whatever it is it's the same it, it's a it's the same choice that you're making between mm -hmm. you know love and fear you can say right so whatever's coming up you're having a strong emotional tr trigger whatever's coming up still you're making the same choice between love and fear right whether you're feeling this sensation Thoughts are occurring to you. They're justifying. Thoughts are justifying you yelling at him, right? Mm -hmm. There's thoughts That's that justify good. that. Bring those thoughts to the truth. Nice. Right? right? And so, so you see how the action's just going to take care of itself in that. Okay. Right? The only about? reason you're going to yell at him is because you believe thoughts that yelling at him is beneficial to you. You're not gonna. You're not gonna perceive yourself doing anything that you don't think is beneficial to you. Actually, yeah, got it. <laughs> no, and 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 I, 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 I realize that I'm the one willing to experience this because I'm. I mean, everyone else has just said fuck him, and I'm not gonna listen. You know, and I'm just like, ah, oh, let me let me play with this. So I think I'm. I can deal with it. I can, I can, I can grow from this. And as soon as I did that, I have all these other people that I would never talk to start reaching out to me. And I'm just like, what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but that, that's what you're saying. Fear and love. It's the same principle. Anything it's always is... the same. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, so you know, like okay. if you if you if you apply that to yoga and what you what do you you do some kind of working out? What is it? I forgot what it is. You do yoga. Uh, it's mixed martial. I do yoga to 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 help and, and heal and stretch and but I do uh, mixed martial arts and and uh, and grappling. 
I'm fighting okay. at the world championship next month. So that is, that's going to be fun too. Oh so. yeah. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. Just because you have to go mindless in a situation like that. You don't, yes. have, you don't really have a choice. You have to go mindless <laughs> exactly. or you can yeah. say mind or you can say mindful. It's really the same thing, it's right? Mindful. Right. Yeah. Because you're not, because you're not uh, entertaining all these stupid thoughts about your brother for one thing. Right. You're just there. You're, you're, you know, like if you're not paying attention, you're going to literally get punched in the face. (laughs) And you could even get punched in the face when you are paying attention. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) There's that. I, I really want to, it feels really good when you go into love, like, like you were sharing when you're in that pain because it feels painful, right? Right. But but going into that love space, I've been practicing that with my with my brother and it really feels good. And I'm just I'm I'm catching myself like because now that he knows I'm being loving, he's like fucking calling me every all the time, you know, but there's times I'm just thinking, like, how do is there moments where I can just tell myself, you know, fuck that I'm done for now you know just listen to myself or or should i just see just just let it let it roll whatever goes well you heard me you heard me in the moment when i was just talking about bringing the mail did you hear my mail story when i was talking about bringing the mail okay well okay anyways so it's in the moment what is what is more alignment with joy if you you know that's kind of like asking the holy spirit what should i do what's more in alignment with joy you can you can find yourself saying no to that energy like you don't have to this just because there's a call coming it doesn't mean you have to take a call but you do want to take the call if it's in alignment with your highest joy so that's really what you're you're just you're almost you're almost just like uh, viewing viewing different uh frequencies Right. You're when you when it seems like you have options, you're you're like viewing different frequencies. None of those options really matter. But just let yourself feel into the joy. And it just automatically it's done for you. It's really done for you because you're not um, gripping to that apparent choice as if it matters what choice is made. So. So, yeah, just have in other words, have wisdom and don't don't answer if I'm already like tired and like, just don't feel like I can, I can contemplate it or hold a space for that. Well, just you know what? Yeah. Like, it doesn't even, it doesn't even take that much thought. It's just, it's okay. just like, there's a call coming in. Okay. Yes. This happens to me all the time because my phone rings constantly. Right. Right. But there's a call coming in. A lot of times mine's on silent. I'm gone. Do yes. not disturb and stuff, but there's yeah. a call coming in and you see who it is. And notice the reaction in your body sense. At that point, you could just ask, Holy Spirit, what should I do? Not that you can actually do anything. But when you stop and make a pause like that, you can see how the doing is automatic. I see that. There's no pressure on you. I've been been practicing that, uh, just asking the Lord or, or the Holy Spirit, just like, to what 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 it wants to share through me so yes i've been doing that yes nice. definitely yeah and that's that, it and it's gonna feel good 
Thank you. Yeah, when, it feels whenever amazing. Whenever you're following that. What's up? Thank you. It feels amazing. And it's, I just wanted to thank you. Thank you, too. Thanks for Good. joining. Thank you, Hope. <laughs> Yay. I love you. I love you. Ahui ho. I'll see <laughs> you soon. Okay. <laughs> How, what do I do? Do I hang up or how, how does this? Oh, good question. I thought I did it. <laughs> okay, I did it now. <laughs> so uh, Constance says you get to really practice witnessing in yoga. That's why I like it. Yeah, that's the that's what really makes uh, for me what makes any uh, what makes any workout um, interesting to me. What makes me excited about the practice is the spirituality of the practice. If it's just like physical exercise, that's a different thing. That's the kind of exercise I probably did until I was, um, maybe like 35 or something like that. Um, whenever Braun was born, uh, um, and then it switched you know, there was like a, a, a major experience that occurred through Braun's birth. And then after that, it switched to where I was not interested in going to the gym for my body to build up my body. I was done with that. I was so elated when the gym called me and offered me a better deal on my membership. So I would come back and I had such a fun conversation with the guy. I go, you know what? I can't even tell you how grateful I am right now that I have no desire to put on one of those gym outfits that I used to wear and go into the gym. I mean, I don't regret it at all. It was awesome. But it's like, once you go to a certain point and you get a transition, it's like, I do not want to use exercise in that way ever again. I do not want to use it in that way. It's, a, it's not interesting to me. It's not uh, spiritually fulfilling to me. Right. And once I discovered, uh, once I discovered yoga, first I had a, an experience in the, in the gym where they started doing yoga in the gym. And it was so funny because I was a weightlifter. And, and I, I was checking out yoga. So one day I'm in the yoga class and what am I weightlifting this guy that I would, um, I would partner up with him in the gym and we would, you know, we, we would, uh, spot each other, especially for abs and stuff like that. So he comes, he opens the door to the yoga room. He goes, Hope, what are you doing in there? Doing that gay shit. <laughs> Something like that. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm in here with all these like uh, people that are doing the yoga thing. And they're here. I got this wild weightlifting guy coming in there. And, um, and I noticed that it wasn't a hard workout at all. It was, it didn't seem hard at all. It was like a break from what I would normally do for a workout. Cause I would just go in there and bust shit up. Right. And so it was like a total break from what I would normally do. But I noticed the next day 
that I noticed this flow of energy that I'm not that I wasn't used to getting from uh, from other kinds of exercises. I noticed this flow of energy that I could sense, and, and I go and I was kind of like. Yeah, I was, I was kind of like curious about it. I didn't think that it could do what I wanted it to do in terms of how I wanted to physically be. Um, but I was interested in pursuing uh, some more yoga. So, you know, it really didn't take very long for me to see through the practice of yoga what it's really for. And that got me really inspired about it. Like because of the spiritual aspect of it, it was just like, I was ready at that point. It was like, that was what I wanted to use my time for. For one thing, I was, I wanted to use this, use this time for um, waking up. Right. Instead of spending two hours in the gym, trying to build up my body, I was spending the time now being released from mental patterns that just felt like so much more uh loving and kind you know and then i saw too in my perception like my whole metabolism changed you know when i was i was working so hard going to the gym all the time i always felt like i was battling something you know i, I it was like i was battling the fat from coming back on Right. Or I was trying to get some off, like I'd go up five pounds and need to get that off. Uh, feel like I need to get it off and uh, or um, feel like I'm battling to just not put it back on. But then when my mind changed about what it's for and it's like forsaking all that physical stuff for having an experience. Right. For having forsaking all that physical bullshit in favor of having an experience. Then, you know, I noticed, wow, my metabolism seems to be different. I don't seem to, I seem to just eat whatever I want and not gain weight now. That's funny. It's not the, it's not the exercise. Like you can't just follow my path and go, okay, well, I saw her do this. It is exactly what she did. Okay. Here's what she did. She had a baby and then she started doing Kundalini yoga and this is how long she did it every day. And okay, I'm going to do those exact same things and hope for the same benefit. It's not like that because it's not physical. Really, I could have been doing the same thing with the weightlifting. It's only that I, you know, I wasn't using it in that way because I didn't think of it in that way. I thought of it as totally physical, like this thing is doing this thing to this thing. And, you know, I would have my mind tuned into it, too, because, you know, that was also part of it is like, but I had my mind tuned into making my muscle stronger. That was my, what my mind was tuned into making my muscle stronger, building up a physical sense. Okay. So in this case, in the yoga, your mind is tuned into a different way. Not that you couldn't use weightlifting in the same way, right? It's like your your mind is tuned into, you know, the feeling and using it as psychotherapy. Whatever it is, just use it as psychotherapy because that's what it is. Or that's what it can be, or it could be the opposite of that. What would be, what would that be called? Psycho debauchery. I don't know. <laughs> I I had dissociated from my body so much that the body sense thing was hard to grasp. 
but yoga helped me learn to practice. Yes, I see that a lot, Constance. Um, cause I didn't get at all. Oh, wow. Was I just tuned out of the body sense? And I, and I didn't notice it until I was practicing Kundalini yoga for maybe a couple months. And then I, and then I was laying in my bed and I noticed, I was just like relaxing, relaxing in my bed. And I noticed energy at my feet. And I just noticed this energy but I, that I hadn't noticed before. I'm like, I was like, wow, did have I been cutting off that sensation? Have I been cutting that off? It's like I felt an energetic sensation that I didn't notice before. And then I started to notice it at the top of my head. I'd be driving and I actually touched the top of my head because it would feel like something was there causing that sensation, but it wasn't, it was just waking up. And so it, and it just, it, it just kept on going until the whole physical form now has a different sensation. It's a different vibration, right? Um, that I can sense because it was that sense, what I call the body sense is largely cut off. But that's why I say, you know, like if you don't have that, um, if you don't have that, uh, I guess, sight perception of the body sense, I say you could just pinch yourself. That's a body sense. So you say you're thinking a thought, you're pursuing a thought. I don't want to pursue this thought anymore. What can I pay attention to? This, pinch yourself and put your attention to that sensation. You just turn your attention to that physical sensation. It's not really physical, but you're projecting it like it's physical and it feels like it's physical. Just put your attention there and your thoughts will just play out without your projecting them because now your attention went into the physical sense. That is good psychotherapy, actually, that you could do for free. See that? Pinch yourself for free. Pinch yourself for healing. Pinch yourself for love, okay? If you can't really sense what's going on in the body sense, you know, I've done that for myself to help myself. Also, another one is this. You guys, I just did a newsletter about this too. This is my new blend called Koa. Um, I really like it. But any essential oil, okay? Because that's also a sense, <clears throat> the sense of smell, right? There's a thought. The willingness, you don't even have a choice of whether you smell an essential oil, pinch yourself or anything else. These are just suggestions to consciousness that might play out for you. It might be fun. Uh, you could smell as an essential oil and that changes everything too, because your attention is now going to this aroma. And so the thoughts can proceed without your pursuing them. Right. And you could see it could be like a tug of war because these thoughts sometimes become like they're really important. They seem like they're really important at this point for me. They're just not fucking important. If they're stressful, they're not important. I bring everything to the truth. You know, it's like, uh, don't need to punch myself in the face anymore. We're over that. Smell. Yeah. The power of uh, the power of aroma. And 
gosh, I'll tell you, aromatherapy is amazing too, because the, these essential oil molecules, they are basically like consciousness, like friends, they speak to us, right? It's like, it's like talking to a friend. They are encoded with messages that, uh, that your cells can understand. It's very interesting. It's like, uh, It's kind of like the Bible says how, uh, how the, I don't, I don't know the exact, someone can probably quote it that's listening here, but I don't know like exactly what it says, but it's something about how everything you need to correct any kind of physical ailment can be found in the earth. That's just like everything that seems to have and uh, that seems to be an issue, it also will seemingly have its uh, its corrective um, messages in the earth. It's very interesting. It's not really there because your mind made it. And at the same time, it's consciousness. And you can see that an essential oil is communicating to you messages of truth because when you in- inhale an essential oil, you automatically can sense a, a calm vibe. See, you take it like in an energetic, everything in an energetic way. It's like there's a calming sense. If you're, I guess, if you're tuned in in that way, though, right? It takes a little bit of practice to get tuned in in that way where you can sense, okay, this is communicating a message that's valuable for me. It's like a communication. It's not like the chemicals themselves can do anything to you. It helps you to see the truth. So plants, like, you know, in communicating with plants, you could do that through just um, casting your gaze on them. That's also communicating. Like if you're, you have plants around, like I have a ton of them, as you can see, just gazing at the, at the plant, extending uh, appreciation. Like these are really powerful friends. The plants are really powerful friends. It's like they're placed here as uh, as as guides. They don't seem to be um, very talkative in the physical sense. Like you don't hear them um, through your ears, probably. But they have a message that the cells, okay, which are also consciousness, can pick up on. It's very interesting. And your mind is getting healed through your communication with the plants, all communication with plants. Um, One way to do it is essential oils. That's why I have a company, MiracleBotanicals.com. If you want to check it out, this one's called Koa. I really like this blend for strength and confidence. This is strength and confidence of spirit. Young Living calls it valor. I got the same ingredients, probably, most likely, in different ratios, because my friends tell me it smells different. It smells way better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
It's really interesting because everything that we get a perception of is a communication. It's all a communication of some sort. So what occurs, like what kind of communication occurs, it's interesting when it's taken, like say a plant uh, compound is taken out of its natural state with all of its other other compounds. If you look at this chemically, it's got all these different compounds in it, right? So what the human mind and specifically our pharmaceutical companies do is they look at it and say, why is this essential oil so effective at helping with shit like this, whatever it is, whatever it seems to be? And they'll isolate certain chemicals in there to make a drug right? They'll isolate certain chemicals in there to make a drug. And it's the intention behind that to make a profit that makes it a kind, it's, it's kind of like, it's a communication that resonates with fear. It's a communication that resonates with fear. Notice, okay, that going for pharmaceutical type drugs the choice for pharmaceutical type drugs. You can't help it. These choices are meaningless. You would only make one a, a choice that a seeming choice in the world because you thought it would benefit you. The only th reason you thought a pharmaceutical drug could benefit you is because you were afraid. That's the only way you thought a pharmaceutical drug could benefit you because what is it? It's a manifestation of an intention to make a profit, right? So it's, it resonates with a certain vibration. It resonates with a particular vibration. Now, if you find yourself taking pharmaceutical drugs, no problem. Just be aware of that. What motivates me to make these apparent choices? It's always a thought that it could be of benefit. Okay. It's just that we don't, we seem to be cut off from what can really benefit us if it's all communication, right? If it's just all communication. So you take a plant, like let's say growing in nature, right? And you, you know, you talk to that plant about it, about your apparent concern. You talk to that plant about your that apparent concern. Then you're opening up to the gifts of your healing potential because the plants know of your healing potential and they communicate that to you. <laughs> Basically, when you're taking a sniff of an essential oil, it's communicating to you on a vibrational level that you have the power, that you have the dominion, because it's all coming from your mind. See that? If you take an essential oil in a different way, like, oh my God, I have cancer. I heard this cures cancer. Okay, I'm going to take it like that. Okay. It seems like there's cancer there for some reason. I don't know. It's pretty funny. 
It seems to be almost gone now for some reason. I don't know. That's pretty funny. <laughs> but, okay. I'm doing this to get uh, get rid of the cancer. Then you're using the essential oil much like the way you would be using a pharmaceutical. Now, I've seen the most amazing results that seem to come through essential oils when someone doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. They're just kind of like, oh, uh, you know, I, one, in, one incident... Um, this friend was looking online for an alternative method for cancer because her cancer had come back after, oh, we can get the charger and this thing's about to die. Thank you. You know where it is? Okay. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> cancer, right. <laughs> So when when she's she was she was researching and finding stuff that said frankincense essential oil is great for skin cancer. Okay. So she goes, I gotta get some frankincense essential oil. And then she forgot about it. She didn't, you know, she she uh, she forgot about it and she was having like a housewarming party at her house. I think it was a housewarming party, some kind of party. She forgot about it and she went into relax mode. I'm over there at the party. I know nothing about any of this, but it just occurs to me to leave a frankincense essential oil. Okay. So I leave the frankincense essential oil. I'll, I tell her partner, Hey, I, I want to leave this as a house housewarming gift for you guys. So next thing, you know, some weeks later or whatever, they're calling me up. They're going, we can't believe this. We got, you left this frankincense. And she just started applying it to her eyebrow. That's where she had the apparent cancer regrowed back after she got it cut out. Thank you. After it being cut out by a doctor, right? It grows right back over where it was fucking cut out. So, so she just, she heard apply frankincense five times a day. She wasn't like, this is going to do it. This is going to do it. This is going to do it. Just kind of like, okay, let's check this out. You know, it's like in this nonchalant, easeful, open space. She was like, I can't believe this stuff. She was attributing it to the frankincense. What I've seen, you can't attribute it to anything because you can't reproduce anything uh, con constantly, right? You can't reproduce it constantly. Okay. So, She's, you know, she's thinking it's the frankincense. All of a sudden I become this amazing medicine woman that can just fucking take care of anything. Right. So the next thing you know, they're asking me for something else and they're like, yeah, that did, that didn't work. And I'm like, well, you know, all the effects are coming from your mind and not the essential oil. Right. Right. And it's like, really, that's the case. So it's not like it's gonna, uh, because it's coming from the mind you see when you put, when you put so much, um, value in the physicality of it itself right in the physicality like if you don't have essential oil you sure as shit don't need them right you don't need it it's funny that i'm saying that and i sell essential oils but you know you you know it, you know if you're if you're drawn to them and it's right for you you're just going to find them yourself buying them anyways and if so why not miracle botanicals because ours kick ass <laughs> at least that's what I think. <laughs> uh, 
just uh, Natalie says, just put lavender on anything and everything. Yeah. A lot of people love lavender too. I mean, just the, uh, the aroma of the, that floral, just like, ah, oh, it feels so comforting. It's a, it's really interesting. And, you know, if you're tuned in to how the body sense is reacting to everything, you can just see what's good for you. It's like you could see what's good for you. And you could say that's like that's your connection to your inner guide because, you know, the 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 body sense that's like um, that's that's showing you uh, it's kind of like showing you what's good for you. But we're so cut off from the body sense that we try to mentate it. Uh, you know, uh, on our own without the guidance. So that's the guidance that we have is the body sense. And if you're tuned into the body sense, you can even tell when an essential oil is synthetic. I don't have to get a test to tell when a, an essential oil is synthetic. There's a certain sense that comes over. Well, with that communication, there's a message, right? Just like a person, right? It's like you can, there's a resonant tone. What does this person want to, want to do with me? Right? What, what kind of game does this person want to, want to play? It's a resonant tone. Same thing with anything. What kind of game are we playing? It's the same thing. Right? And it's always so playful. It's always just so playful. And always a gift. So, you know, even if you have something that's a synthetic or or a drug or or uh, uh, God forbid, a COVID injection. <laughs> it's so funny. I don't know. I might find myself getting one of those COVID injections just because it's so funny that it's such a big fucking deal and it's killing everyone. <laughs> Uh, probably not. <laughs> you know, if that feels light to me, though, if that if that's all it is, that's really all it is. I'm not holding any judgments about it, that it's something. But, you know, any of that stuff, it doesn't it doesn't have an effect on you. It can't have an effect on you. Your mind has an effect on you. Your thinking has an effect on you. And even that is an apparent effect that's passing away. It's not like that kind of uh, that power that you gave your mind to make your uh, make you the god of a dying world is going to last either. <laughs> hey, how do you like your kingdom of the dying? <laughs> and it's like every time <laughs> a pinch, not a punch, you become kinder to yourself. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> that is so good hey that's the title a pinch not a punch <laughs> right uh yeah and and another distinction the the pinch isn't for attention right the pinch isn't for getting attention uh, the pinch is for bringing attention uh, to what's actually occurring here right it's not like it's it, like like earlier on it was to try to like fuck myself up so i would look a certain way Right? It was like self-punishment. So I would look a certain way and people would feel sorry for me and maybe start treating me nicer. 
It's so cute. Kids come up with the best stuff. <laughs> like, uh, did you guys ever see that movie, A Christmas Story? Okay, this Christmas, make sure you watch A Christmas Story. It's got this kid in it called Ralphie. Um, and, and uh, you know, he's just so bummed out that his parents won't get him this special rifle. It's a BB gun um, for Christmas. They're saying, everyone's saying he'll shoot his eye out, right? And he's like having these nightmares of even Santa saying, you'll shoot your eye out. No one wants to honor his request for this freaking BB gun, right? So he's feeling like a huge victim in all of this. So what does he do? He starts dreaming again. He's always going into his mind in this dream. It's really fun. And he's a little cute little kid. He's dreaming that now he's blind, okay? And now his family's like, oh, oh, Ralphie. Oh, we're so, so sorry. We should have gotten him that BB gun. You know, it is like the, the drama of it is just completely played out so well in this scene where this kid is going, this is, this is really what we do. This is how we victimize ourselves, you guys. I'm sure you've seen this in your own mind too. play like this. It just plays really fast. You might not even catch it. I'm not exactly sure you've seen it because you're really good at covering it up too. Well, you just play out a scene where all that now that person, oh, they feel so bad for what they've done to me. Now look what now look now look what the effects of them having been that way to me are. Kind of like, look, brother, look how you've harmed me. Right. So in that, really, what you're setting your mind up for is these kinds of uh, these kinds of perceptions, these kinds of experiences. You're just setting it up for more of the same. And you're asking for harm to come to you. You're actually asking for harm to come to you. Uh, like, boy, I bet they'd feel really bad if I, for instance, commit suicide. Right. Uh, and you'll go and, you know, you'll if you watch your mind will automatically go into that fantasy. I mean, I haven't seen my mind go into that fantasy in such a long time because I don't take those things. I don't go down that path anymore. But the habitual path, like the, the normal, uh, common, habitual path is to play these kinds of thoughts out as like someone feels sorry for you. Okay. And you'll see this playing out in certain ways. You know, you could even see how, you know, Someone could take, uh, you know, a, a circumstance like uh, their car broke down because the mechanic that they paid to fix the car didn't do it properly. Look, you can use that. You can use that circumstance. No, even a, me a mechanical object comes from your mind. Even a mechanical object that seems like it needs something to run can run because it's coming from your mind. The mechanic didn't really do it. Here's an opportunity for you. You're watching only. It's only watching. You don't have to make yourself do anything. You're just watching how this is transpiring. Being aware of your habit to project victimhood. I've even seen it come up on uh, someone who's getting a massage, especially a masseuse getting a massage, right? Because a masseuse is trained as if you can fuck someone up during a massage. Like you can mess them up. You can give them a, an anti-massage, right? So one of my friends who's a masseuse was telling me this story. This is many, many years ago about how she went for a massage 
and that masseuse fucked her up. Like, and it was a, a, a victim story how, you know, now she was messed up and she's definitely, I go, Oh, well, what's going to, what's going to happen with that? Well, I'm definitely getting my money back and she's going to come over and try to fix it. She's going to move the side. She was shitty at it the first time and she's going to come over and she's going to try to fix it. Oh, okay. Cool. Let me know how that works out for you. Look, if you take a situation like that, um, and you know, at this time, this is a memory that just occurs to me that that's just at the point that the person, uh, that shared this with me and my consciousness was in no way, um, perceiving it like this, right? I, all I noticed at the moment was this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel right that a masseuse can mess you up. I, I've had tons of massages. If I ever felt like something was off a- after my massage, my mind never went to blame the masseuse. <laughs> but then again, I wasn't, I wasn't trained like that. The masseuse getting a massage. Now that's a different story. Apparently they're teaching in massage school that you can fuck someone up by giving them a massage wrong. I never thought of that. So I never put that kind of thing on a masseuse. If I seem to be screwed up after a massage, still, that's not the masseuse. Because that doesn't make any sense. Same thing if your car seems to be screwed up after you went to the mechanic. It wasn't the mechanic, no matter what it seems like, guys. No matter what. Just notice that. That's the thing. Are you willing to notice that in the moment? Or do you got, or is this a really important story now that the mechanic did a shitty job? And now because of them, you're out all this money. You're totally fucked up. You can't get to work or whatever your story is. And it's because of them. That's the part of the story. <laughs> Killing you. Because of their incompetence. <clears throat> Your retelling is amazing. Thank you, Constance. <laughs> I get a kick out of the story, so <laughs> I'm glad you guys do too. <laughs> <clears throat> Oh, I was, I've been discovering this one thing in block therapy. Now there's, here's another story, a block therapy story. Gotta throw in a block therapy story in every session. Gosh, I talked for two hours. Block therapy is like a big part of my life. So, (laughs) so in block therapy, we um, get to this muscle right here and like sense what it's like in there. That thing. Oh, wow. It's like always like, uh, at least on me. You know, I've opened it up a lot, too. So there's not a bunch of guarding going on, right? So uh, getting a sense of what it's like. And this is a sense, right, of what it's like to get to to just uh, stimulate that muscle. So we're laying, we're normally laying on the front and getting to this muscle. And it's great. Oh, when I'm on there, I could feel like my shoulder releasing down my arms. My stuff in my arm will go off. It's like, ah, 
Anyways, she's she was saying this is uh, this is the block therapy person. She was saying um, we never go in the front of the throat. And I'm like, oh, OK, well, that makes sense. You don't want to choke yourself off. Right. So then she changes her mind about it. And I'm, I'm doing another video. Right. Where she changes her mind about that. And we're actually holding the, the block in our hands like this is a big wooden block it's up on its side like this. And we're and we're letting our throat right in the front of the throat just rest into this and holding this for five minutes. And I find out, oh, you can't choke yourself off that way. That's a trip. The the um the, the breathing tube, whatever that fucker is called, must go back to the back of the neck. It must just go to the back of the neck. So oh my goodness, it's like all over the body sense, uh, we've got these, we've got these projected thoughts that uh, that manifest as something stagnated. It's like manifesting as something stagnated. It's just thoughts holding it there. So when I find myself in this position and it keeps on going deeper and deeper and deeper, it's like it's getting into um, it, it's getting into thoughts that I never thought I'd ever have to look at. It's really wonderful. It's like it's it, it's like it's a uh, it, it it takes it and it it buries it but everything that we bury in the mind makes a manifestation and the body is like a it is like a um almost like a receptacle for all of this information to manifest as a as a form that's constricted and basically these bodies are basically forms that are constricted you know how you can tell because you can take a wooden block and you can put it anywhere find pain pain is fear the whole thing is a manifestation of fear pain okay hope and beyond you beautiful human i'm out let's one-on-one as soon as possible oh heck yeah i'm stoked yes let's one-on-one sternocleidomastoid muscle also known as scm and that is uh clarified for us today by my longtime masseuse my treya mozo yay thank you mo and thank you for massaging that muscle on me over the years <laughs> it's funny because um when i'm in when i'm in yoga when i'm in private yoga with my yoga teacher i don't know if you guys can pick up on it right now but my yoga teachers commented um that these are really strong on me and i'm I'm like, yeah, no, I think they're not really strong. They're tense is what the deal is. It's just like, you know, uh, it, it's like this. We go through, uh, we go through a life and pick up on energies and believe in them. And it's like, it's building tension around ourselves. And it's interesting because right around the age of 50, it appears, um, it gets to the point where it's like, showing itself you know like some of my friends and my girlfriends that are right around the same age as i am um will tell me it's like all of a sudden everything was like all of a sudden it's like it's like boom what the heck is this you know there's like these hard things and it's like it was always building like that over time but apparently at a certain point it's like boom there it is and that's only the uh, that's only the effect of thinking in separation. But I say only 
in a dream, it's all powerful. It's just all powerful. So that's why I love putting the pressure on so I can sense the pain and have that psychotherapy moment with it. Similar to yoga, just enough pain to where it feels good and releasing. Just enough pain to where you can breathe calmly and you can focus and pay attention on to your breath and you can smile. <laughs> and it helps you to see. I mean, ultimately, anything that you seem to do, let it help you to see. And not to get something, not to gain something, not to gain a better body. That, that kind of gain is loss. Now, one verse I do remember, and probably I'm going to be quoting it verbatim, is whoever tries to save his life will lose it. So every thought that we think trying to save the body is bringing it toward death. <laughs> Isn't that so fun? <laughs> it's actually pushing it on its trajectory toward death. And it's almost like we can't even help pursuing these thoughts. It's almost like. Now, for a lot of us, we're thinking it's a hopeless case. There's no way we're going to not be able to pursue these. We're going to be able to just not pursue these thoughts. I know it seems like a monumental thing. But the thing I'm saying and the thing actually the thing I developed this COA blend for is tuning you in to that strength that allows you to see past this really convincing illusion that you make. Uncreative though, it's uncreative. So it's like getting reminded of what creation is, right? Getting reminded of. And whenever I make a blend like this, whenever I'm, I find myself making a blend like this, what's underpinning the whole thing is just prayer for prayerfulness. What is this for, right? What, what is this blend for? It's not how much money does it make? How much is it going to cost? It's like, what is it for? Even, you know, my clarity blend, I don't even think I have any of that left to sell. That thing's gone. And I can't even make it again, because at least not at the moment, because the, uh, the ingredients don't seem to be available to me. Not only that, I don't seem to know where the recipe is. <laughs> But that one, it's completely gone. And when I made it, it was like, it's only going to be good for these 32 ounces. That's all that's going to be. Right. Uh, but what is it for? That's the thing. Uh, you know, it, it's fun because when I went to uh, do a day retreat with my friend Mele Kai, we did this one day retreat where I was doing all this blocking with people. Well, what I did was I got gift bags for everyone with essential oils in the gift bags, right? So my husband goes, how much money are you making on this? And I was like, I don't know. It's not really about the money. And he goes, well, it seems like I go, I go, I think I'm, I think they're going to give me a couple hundred bucks. Okay. I think they're going to give me a couple hundred bucks. And he goes, well, it seems like you're um, spending more on the retreat than you're making through the thing. And, you know, the thing, the thing about that was, and what I communicated, communicated with him, that's not really the purpose of it. You know, that's not really the purpose of it. It's not like I'm like, um, 
trying to um, spend more on the retreat than I make or anything. It's just that what feels joyful in the moment. That's always what it is. It's like what feels joyful in the moment. I don't have to take into consideration anything else, profit or anything else that felt the most joyful to have like little bags for the peeps with some essential oils in them. So that's how it went down. <laughs> and who knows? Will those people return and buy it? buy essential oils i don't know there's there's all kinds of possibilities for how the thing could go all i know is it goes as it needs to go just like you know if i saw a cockroach i figured that's going as it needs to go it doesn't mean that i need to oh my god freak out and go rearrange my life because i saw a cockroach right tell myself i'm at fault like there's something that I shouldn't get the perception of. No, I want to get the perception of anything. I want to get the perception that I hate the cockroach. I want to get the perception that I wish the cockroach wasn't here. Because I know I've deceived myself. I know the, co I'm, I mean, obviously if it's popping up, it's gift. It's not, it's not a gift if it's making me look at myself like, I'm guilty though. If I'm using it to make myself look at it, like look at me like I'm guilty, I'm not using it as a gift. I'm using it as a, as a hindrance. I'm making myself wrong because of what I see, what I think I see. So one of my friends told me um, this week, I just, she said, I just hate my face. I just hate my face now. I don't like my face. I mean, and, and, and you know, well, the way she said it, she was really scared. Like, this is like really bad that her face did a thing, right? Her face did a thing that makes her hate her face. And she's like, what can I do? The first thing she's like, what can I do for this? What can I do for all this stuff right here? It's like all this kind of stuff. And I go, well, I, you know, you can come up and I'll show you some exercises. I'll show you a couple things you can do. I showed her that throat one off. Oh, I just love doing that one. Just that, like even afterwards, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> it's so relaxing. Uh, anyways, I showed her that and, uh, and, and I go, but the thing is, none of this stuff is going to be effective. Um, uh, none of this stuff is going to be effective because what you really want is peace. You don't want your face fixed. What you really want is peace, right? So this is a habit for you to project that you can't live with it like this. And you need to find something right away, some mem some remedy to just fix this thing right away. I can't take it. I can't keep on going around like this. I can't keep on going around like this. You know, that's that sense, right? Like, oh, I got to get, I go, that's a habit. It's just intensifying now. The over 50 thing, it just intent, it seems to get to be more intense for people. For me, it's just not an intensity because the, I can sense that it's an intensity. And you know, the, any, anything that comes up with an intensity, it's like, yay. Right? I can sense that it's an intensity. It's meant to be an intensity. And it's, you know, our mind's condition to make that thing really intense for us. But that just makes me laugh at it. That just makes it fun for me, right? 
So I go, the main thing is you need relaxation. Number one, you need relaxation. And really, I love that you're asking me for block techniques because it's all about relaxation. So it's like here, uh, if you're asking from for some advice from Hope, don't fucking look in the mirror. Okay? Because the way you look at yourself in the mirror is mean. It's mean. It's mean to yourself. You're waiting until you see something you want to see before you would be willing to be loving to yourself. It's a very unloving look. It's a very unloving way. Okay? Um, If you find yourself looking in the mirror, notice. Am I being kind to myself? You know, I've done some exercise in the mirror before, um, you know, where I just like take all my clothes off and just notice what thoughts, what critical thoughts arise and notice how they feel. Okay. And, and notice how, like, you know, let's say my eye goes to my, my thigh, all of a sudden it's on my left thigh or something and it's going, you never were able to get rid of that cellulite completely, were you? And just notice how that feels. <laughs> it's a game. So when you notice how that feels energetically, you see how you're beating yourself up. That's the same as me punching myself in the face. Okay. That's like ego getting attention right there. It's like, Pay attention to me, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. Look at this thigh, pay attention to this thigh, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. No, the thigh is not talking. The thigh isn't talking. The thigh can't talk, okay? It's not, it's not like that. Thighs are projected. They do not talk, okay? Um, now, uh, cells are also projected. Cells themselves are projected and each one of them is conscious. So you can say, Within your perception, you know, you're making out this thigh thing, right? (laughs) And maybe like it talks to you. My thigh hurts. That's your thigh talking to you, you think. No, it's not your thigh talking to you. Okay. Your, 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 Your thigh hurts is cells communicating to you. Okay. It's cells communicating to you that they need awareness. They need your awareness. That's all. That's what it is. They're communicating to you that they need awareness. They are awareness. They, it's like, it's like you're connecting to yourself in that way. When you make yourself aware of the cells, like what's being felt there. Okay. It has nothing to do with your thigh. Good epitaph. Epitaph. I don't even know what that is. Am I saying it right? On the gravestone. She never was able to get rid of the cellulite. Oh my God, you guys. Okay. If I croak before you, I want that on my gravestone. That is fucking awesome. (laughs) She never was able to get rid of that patch of cellulite on her thighs. Isn't that a much more fun way to be with the cellulite? I got you, mom. Akea is going to do this for me. Thanks, Akea. I appreciate you. You're the awesomest. Make sure you do it, okay? 
don't don't succumb to someone that wants to talk about what a great person I was or anything like that. Just write that on the gravestone. <laughs> that I, you know, it feels so good to laugh about it right now because I used to cry about this. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I mean, really, I used to go through it. It was, it was kind of the same thing. It reminded me of the same thing, like you know, uh, just hurting myself, like just punching myself, you know, um, because I would look in the mirror and cry and I couldn't believe it. I would pinch it because I was working so hard. I was doing everything that I, that seemed to be the right thing to do to get rid of cellulite. I ate like, uh, I ate like a freaking soldier. Uh, uh, I don't know what you would say dietitian. I don't know. I just was, would be really disciplined and still, and I just be like beside myself. I thought I couldn't go into the fitness industry because I was not perfect enough, which that was bullshit. I just like fed myself that and believed it completely. I could have gone into the fitness industry anytime, <laughs> but you know, it, it's like this guilty thing. Like I can't, I I'm not good enough. Right. And it's so funny because after the years of, you know, working with that, like, oh, that's a blessing. I can work with that because it's, you know, it seems like something's wrong. Something comes up in my experience. And after doing like just um, naked work, it's like any thought that came up, it was just met with the truth. It was, it was taken to the truth. And like, you know, it was so amazing. I just felt so joyful that I, num number one, I'm not a body. Number two, what this body is for, that makes it amazing because of what it's for. It doesn't matter the form it seems to be in. It doesn't even matter. Right? So I just like gave it up and said, this thing can turn into a blob now if it wants. It doesn't even matter. If that, you know, if my body can't be any, can't be in any form. It can only be in a form, let's put it this way, it can only be in a form that's maximally beneficial for everyone involved. That's only way our bodies can be. It can only be in a form that's maximally beneficial for everyone. In this moment, that's exactly what your body is. It's in a form that's maximally beneficial for everyone. When you think of it in terms of it's not there yet, it needs improvement or anything like that, you're making it into something else. Now, I can get the sense that there's a lot more tight stuff apparently manifesting in my physical form. It's just that I know that the manifestation is actually in the mind. So in that, I love all of the tension that I'm uh, that I'm finding that I'm uh, unearthing that uh, that that it seemed to be it seemed to be locked away for this lifetime never to see the light of day right it seemed to be like it was locked away the the body sense um the body sense is only reflecting what we tried to lock away 
and hide from ourselves in the mind through the lifetime. We go through that over and over and over again. It's all these chaotic thought patterns, all different directions, up, down, to the sides, all covering our natural God-given thoughts, all covering it up. And those manifest as these fascia strands covering up our natural form, covering up and strangling our natural form. It's hilarious. It's fun. It's fun and funny. That's why I like into it. It's just, it's so interesting to me too. Like, wow, this is really a direct manifestation. You sense on, like you pick up on the fear of going, uh, going into pain, the fear of going to the front of the throat, right? And you just, you just go through that fear of bringing up something and you see how you, you can go through even the particulars of your life in much the same way. It's almost like you have this pressure. It's so symbolic. The, the, the block, you're using the block to put pressure on pain to make you aware of the fear that's projecting it. That's the, that's the whole thing. That's the same thing yoga is doing. You know, the stretching is putting pressure on a painful area. Now, I have never seen so much opening uh, through yoga as I do through using the block. That doesn't mean that that's the same for everyone. I have never seen that because, it's you know, for me, it's just like going right into it where I could breathe right into where it is. Whereas with yoga, it seems to be a little bit more of a process to get to that place. Um, and I had lots of experience with yoga. I ended up like uh, having yoga almost every day for like 15 years. I would take some breaks from time to time, you know. Um, like just like a, a, a longer break, like for months or something like that. But I'd always find myself back to it and it like 15 years. Um, and it's like a certain plateau arises. Why? Cause it's time for a different frequency. That's all. It's like another frequency is emerging. It's not like that frequency was a bad frequency or didn't do its thing or wasn't awesome. It was totally awesome. Uh, it's just time for a different frequency. And, you know, we're all, uh, we're all opening up to these different frequencies at different moments. And it's not like one's better than the other across the board or anything like that. But what I saw when I started using the block, I'm just basically not having a yoga practice. Like to me, everything's yoga because of what yoga means, but like the physical exercise of it, gone. The whole practice, 15 years, gone. <laughs> At least for now, we'll see what happens. And except for when I meet with my yoga teacher, my private yoga teacher, um and you know we kind of use the the yoga sex session as like a litmus test to see like where there's still um you know uh, where there still seems like inflexibility or 
um, where it's catching, you know, there's not a certain amount of flexibility that's perfect or anything like that, but like where it's catching. Cause like, if you go, like, let's say you go into a forward bend, right? You go into a forward bend, everyone's going to feel a uh, sense of tension in a different spot. Some people might have it at their lower back, some people back of the thighs, back of the knees, even down by the calves. That might be so, you know, you look at where it is that there's the tension and that's the area where it needs some attention. That's all. It just needs some attention. Attention means it needs attention. That's all. It's just asking for attention. And um, it's easy and natural to give attention to wherever it's needed if we're not caught up with thinking that we have to attain things in the world, it's just easy and natural to take care of that thing, just to take care of it. It's just loving. It's a loving thing. See, but we think we have responsibilities, one responsibility to get rid of it. You know what that'll do? That'll make you aggressive with it. Okay. That'll make you act aggressive. You'll think it's beneficial uh, maybe to beat yourself with the block instead of being real gentle on it, right? Or maybe you'll think it's beneficial. This is really common. I've noticed it when I have block parties with people. You'll think it's beneficial to keep pushing even though you're gasping for air, right? Even though you're freaking out, right? Uh, if you think you're responsible for getting rid of the tension, see? It's not like getting rid of the tension. It's just embracing it, being loving with it, uh, kind of like communicating with those cells that are, that are talking through the pain sensation, right? Just being kind with ourselves. We'll see everything, all the solutions for the apparent problems, all the loving, um, uh, kind solutions for the apparent problems just play out lovely, lovingly without your having to um, figure it out. You don't have to figure everything out. Constance says, I think the last time we talked about this, I think I said I felt like yoga provided foreplay for the fascia. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so it's however it uh, it resonates with you. For me, like when I get on the block, like at first it'll be a sense like I'm not getting immediately in there definitely get in there faster now because of um how often i've been going back and getting familiar with those sensations um but you know immediate in in the immediate is just like okay there's some breathing in there there's some allowing it to heat up that's basically what it's doing so that's what you're doing with yoga you're heating it you're heating um and heating is really symbolic if you're allowing yourself to heat you're allowing movement you're allowing flow the opposite of that is icing cold so that's the conventional way of dealing with any kind of anything you're icing it you get some pain ice it put ice on it that's symbolic of how we freeze things in our mind freeze and cover up the pain that's a, that's the symbology there you ice it you freeze it in place so it's like you cover it up for the moment, making it numb, making it frozen, but it gets a, like in a habit of staying frozen and staying stuck like that. So that's like a that symbolic of our pattern, the way we, uh, we, we're trained to cover it up, just cover it up with more thought that keeps us from seeing it, keeps us from looking at it. So <clears throat> just in allowing that heat, 
So the, the warm up for it is only just sticking the block into the belly and laying on it and allowing that heat. You could really feel the heat just come through. Um, yeah. Yoga is definitely um, more like foreplay. And my yoga teacher is funny. She's the yoga teacher that's been doing this for a very long time and working with me for a very long time. She said, I don't think that you would have ever touched that like that using yoga in this lifetime. Things seem to get so hard. Things seem to get so hard. And it's and it's like when you're stretching and you haven't addressed those cells that are all clamped up like that and you're stretching, they're not getting touched. They can't get touched. So it's like they're frozen in that place and you're stretching and it's and you're feathering all around that thing. It's kind of like going around that thing. That's how it looks in the physical sense. That's how it looks in the physical sense. Here's how I look at it. Anything that you've been using for a while, it's probably going to have to change because you develop over time some interesting thought uh, connections with that thing that actually make it more of a routine, even if that's not what you're going for than the spiritual practice. So for me, when the block came along, it seemed like the spiritual practice was just like leveled up big time. It's like, oh, oh, and I love that pain. That's so good. It's my favorite. It reminds me of the openings I had in Vipassana when I just sat there with my knees and my ass and my whole lower body and my back of my back on fire and just, gosh, it just felt so much more joyful to me to sit through that than it did to get up out of it. And just feeling that and, and sensing the openings again and again and again and noticing how much it's showing me. That's the other thing when I'm in one of these practice, the practices, things are getting revealed over and over again. And I'll tell you what, at the end of that yoga practice, um, I was working with Brian Kest a bunch. Well, not in person, but he was doing live videos every day. And I was taking those live videos. And the things that he was repeating over and over and over again about yoga, about gentleness, all that stuff. I was really taking that stuff in, you know, the gentleness. And through that, I noticed that at that moment in time, the, uh, the asana, even again, yoga was not gentle on myself anymore. It just becomes into, it's very interesting. These things are circular. Nothing is lasting like the be all and end all of everything, including the block. It's always like that. It's like this circular thing. So it's showing me, you know, in whatever practice we seem to be doing, it's like the ego always arises and, you know, we're blind in this thing. We're, if we're perceiving and projecting a body, we're blind in it because this thing is all pain. So I just, you know, it's not like I, I look at it like I have to keep a particular practice. I just let them flow. And then it seems like I'm leveling up. It's not like I'm saying block therapy is a level up to yoga. That's not what I'm saying at all. 
it was a level up for me in that point in time. And it and it reveals to me too, man, this is a device right now that seems to be a shortcut where we're, I'm just using it to open up to all these different, um, uh, awakenings, um, seeing even more in the patterns of how these energies play out and just like things coming to me, like, Boom, there's the answer to that. Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, 515. I can talk like a mofo. I love you guys. Yay. I love you, Constance. Yes. Thank you for joining everyone. Okay, so we'll be back next week, I think. And there's no holiday or anything going on. Oh, and tomorrow I'm going to be online with Linda Hope. And this is the third attempt to go online with Linda Hope. The last two, something else happened where I couldn't get online. So I'm going to grab that and I'm going to, let's see, tomorrow's link. Where'd she do it? She texted it. Website. Here we go. It's a live thing. Let me link to it and then I'll stick it in there. So. Mm, mm, mm. Where is it? For Zoom now. There we are. Okay. I'm putting it in here. So grab that link that I just put into the chat. If you want to join tomorrow, it's going to be at 2 p.m. Hawaii time tomorrow. Um, I think it's going to go down because usually what they say is third time's a charm, right? So I think it's actually going down tomorrow, but I can't completely guarantee that. So, you know, if Ann, Ann showed up twice for it on a Tuesday at two o'clock, um, and it didn't go down. She's going to come tomorrow at two o'clock. Right, Dan? And if it doesn't go down, we'll just go to the market. <laughs> so grab that link before I get offline. Um, my Facebook peeps. Let me put it here for my Facebook peeps, too. That'll stay there. It'll stay there on Facebook. I love you, Hope. Thank you. I love you. You're so awesome. Sneaky ego. We can't outfox ourselves. Only the Holy Spirit can. Yes, exactly. So, you know, I just stay open to any kind of um, change. I'll do, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Any kind of change, a change in the pattern. I love changes in the pattern. Um, I noticed myself start going for walks this week. I went on three walks. One of them was down by, by the coast this weekend, uh, or just this morning, actually, not this weekend. Um, but I, I know I was mentioning like last week or something about how I got the sense that I wanted to go on a walk, but I wasn't perceiving myself going on a walk. And it's just like, I just allow my, allow that to be what it is. And then, and then these things, they just, it's so fun and playful how they just play out on their own. I don't decide to go on a walk. All of a sudden I find myself getting some socks and shoes and I'm out there um, on the street and I'm walking and I'm just so happy to be out there walking. Right. And it's like, it's like each one of these moments is really not even connected to any other moment. It's just a projection. So it's not like something went before that I said, uh, that, that I go, okay, I got to make myself go on a walk. In fact, that's completely counterproductive. It's not, it's, you know, what's unhealthy for your body is thinking a thought like that and taking it as true that you need to go on a walk. You don't need to do anything. You know? uh, it seems like I would like to go on a walk, but then again, I don't even know what's good for me. 
hmm, maybe I'll find myself on a walk. If it's the most joyful thing, I sure as shit will. All right, you guys. Thank you. I love you so much. Also, I'm at the trading post on Fridays. Okay. Friday, three to five trading posts. I love you. Mahalo. Aloha. And a hooey ho.